Hello? Hello? Uh, recording has started. If something is breaking up the call, I don't know if it's my connection, but anyway. Well, good evening. Here we are, another Wednesday evening with a course of love. Um, we are currently going into day 28 in the dialogues from externally to etern- internally directed life experience. We concluded day 27 last week, and that was the apprehension of levels of experience. And tonight we will do, as we started last week, it seemed to work. This way we'll have everyone has a chance to read. All readers will get to read a paragraph each, and we'll continue with the list of readers until we finish the day, and there's, well, it goes to 27, but they're short. We will read through the whole day with each reader possibly reading one or two paragraphs in turn, and as you read, uh, each individual, if they want to opine on that particular paragraph, it's theirs to do that. If not, they'll say pass, and the next person will read the next paragraph. This way we get the whole flow of the message that he's conveying to us without breaking it in the middle and then the next paragraph gives us the answer that we, we're trying to grapple with. So I, I think it works better that way. And they're not large paragraphs. Most of them are small, so we'll get to it. So if everybody understands how this works, I think it'll be okay. All you have to say if you don't want to here on that paragraph, you say pass, and then we'll go to the next reader, and it'll just continue on. Okay. That said, tonight our reading list is Reverend Bill, Gloria, Lee, Amy, Yvonne, Joe Riley. Listening, we have Ida and Dennis. Has anyone just recently joined us that would like to announce? Yeah, hi. Yeah, this is Miguel. Oh, Miguel, would you like to be on the reading list? Sure. Thank, Thank you. you. I heard you, Sarah Joy. Hi, sweetie. Hi, everybody. Hi. Okay. Nice to hear your voice. Okay. Anybody and, else? Hi, Paul. It's Deborah, and I will read. Is that Deborah? Yes. Hello. And I will, I will read. Can you hear me? Yes. I heard okay. you, Deborah. I'm putting you on the reading list. Okay. Very good. Our list is growing. Very good. Anybody else before I kind of go over the household hints again of everyone being conscious of muting your phone when you're not speaking or reading? Because it's very, dis- you know, gets a little disturbing to hear background noises when we're talking or reading. So just be conscious that your phone is muted if you're not reading. And then, of course, unmute yourself and then, you know, take that responsibility. It helps the call going a lot easier. And again, I remind everybody, you know, when people are speaking, try not to speak over them or step on their toes, as we say, let everyone finish their share. And it's good to announce sometimes your name. You know, the voices start to sound familiar, but some people might not recognize the voice. And uh, when you completed, just say pass or completed, and this way we know we can go on. Um, oh, and again, 
as the evening wears on, and, you know, I know everyone likes to share, but at some point we have to stand back and allow those that have hesitated for whatever reason or felt there was nothing to share until later in the call, we leave space for that. So we back away a little bit and open that space as we come closer to the conclusion of the call. Okay, I think that kind of covers it. So what I'm just going to add some words, centering words to get us centered into our heart and mind, togetherness and wholeheartedness, and hear with our heart the words that our dear brother Jesus is going to speak to us this evening. But let's use these few words to center ourselves. God's life and love flow within our minds and bodies as a steady stream of healing energy and strengthening power. Feel that through your mind and body. Our body is well. Our hearts and minds are at peace. Keep that peace in your heart. Settle into it. Relax into it. Know it. Feel it. So what I would like to do to get us started into day 28, I was going to read something from day 27, which at the end of day 27 to kind of give us a little send-off going into the next day, which is from eternally to from externally to internally directed life experience. And he said to us last week, the elevated true self of form will be the experience of new life lived within the constant of wholeness, but continuing to experience the variability of separation. This is what you practice as you gather on the mountaintop while retaining, remaining, excuse me, remaining on level ground. Separation, as well as the variability of the experience of the separate self, have always been variables that exist within the constant of wholeness. What you have experienced, however, has not been wholeness or the experience of wholeness, but the experience of separation. What we are speaking of now is being able to experience wholeness and the variability of experience that has come through the separated self of form. This is what you are beginning to do through your practice. Your proficiency will change your experience and your experience will change the world. So now we're going to go into directed life experience externally and internally. So again, the reading list. Reverend Bill, Gloria, Lee, Amy, Yvonne, Joe Riley, McGill, McGill, Miguel, and Deborah. So Reverend Bill, would you start us off with paragraph one, please? All right. Thank you, Paula. From externally to internally directed life experience. At one time, there seemed to be so little or no choice between staying engaged in an externally directed life and removing oneself from life. 
This may have seemed to be an either-or proposition, right. and thus, one. Bill, can I stop you a moment? Did everybody else hear the sure. line break when Reverend Bill was, was my line broke in a few places? Okay. I did. It's breaking again. Did you hear it too? Yeah, I did, Paula. I heard something crackling. Yeah. Do you think it's my line? Try it again? Wait. Well, Lee, do you think it's my line? Because it's breaking up. Are you there, Lee? Yes, I am, Paula. It, it would not be your you line. It's my line that's if every, it up? If everyone's, mm, it wouldn't be your line if everyone's hearing it in Bill's share. So when Bill was speaking, it was breaking up. And I heard others, uh, like Yvonne, say they heard it breaking up too, so it would not be your line. Okay. So it could be somebody else's line. Well, I shouldn't be it, low on it energy. It could be Bill's line. Am I breaking up right now as I speak? You were before. Uh, not badly. I would just say it's not. I don't think it's bad enough to. To I'm hearing every word from you, Bill. Oh, I didn't. All right. All right. Well, Let's start it again. I'll just plug it in. One moment, please. Okay. One moment, please. Hmm. Weird. Sorry about this, folks. Okay. Twenty-eight one. At one time, there seemed to be little or no choice between staying engaged in an externally directed life and removing oneself from life. This may have seemed to be an either-or proposition, and thus one of limitation. <clears throat> Moving from an externally directed to an internally directed experience of life creates unlimited choices. The unlimited choices of internally directed experience are what you must begin to face as we begin our descent from the mountaintop. To wait until level ground is reached to begin to view, to begin to view the choices available would be to put off coming to know the difference between externally and internally directed life experiences. I'll pass for now. Gloria, I'll get to. Yeah. <clears throat> Technical matters over here. Okay. 28 to 8. 28 to. Oh, 28 to. Most of you have experienced several stages of awareness, and we will speak here of those experienced during the years of what it called 
adulthood, coming of age, or the age of reason. This has been discussed before, <clears throat> so this will be kept brief and illustrate only what is needed of our discussion of the next stage, pass. The first stage of awareness is a stage of simple external movement through life. Many people, especially young adults, have little experience other than this. Their lives are directed almost totally by external forces, from parents to mandatory schooling to somewhat voluntary schooling. Pass. Amy, um, 28.4. It's okay. Uh, as the time of schooling is left behind, the next stage of movement begins, that of external movement toward independence. With this movement, the number of choices increase and the level of awareness increases with the increase in choices available. As young people do not usually move Wait a away. Second. There's a line that's breaking up. Amy's line. I don't do. Is it only me? Um, Paula, I would suggest that you dial back in. All right, everybody, hold on. I'll dial back in. Okay. And Amy, you can continue reading. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, with this movement, the number of choices increase and the level of awareness increases with the increase in choices available. As young people do not usually move away from the house of their parents until they are at least college age, the, expected, the opportunity to move away, to move out, become more independent increases the awareness of self as self. As the self matures beyond school age, the choices become those of degrees of independence, moving away, moving into one's own sphere of friends, colleagues, relationships. For some, these choices include commitments to partnerships of a personal or professional nature. For some, these choices include marriage and starting a family. Some follow a more standard pattern than others, with schooling, career, marriage, and family seen as an almost inescapable as well as desirable norm. Others pursue dream, dreams of or adventures. Pass. All of these choices are externally directed. They may include a great deal of inner reflection in order to be made, but they are still directed at external outcome. By living the experiences of these externally directed life situations, growth occurs. Changes happen, and new avenues to explore at times open up, leading to the next level of experience, that of experience 
external movement toward a chosen type of life. I want to say one thing quickly here on this. I, I, I felt that for me. I, I, I knew that was my path at that time, and that at, at that young age, I actually felt that that was wonderful, you know, external movement toward a chosen type of life. I mean, that sounded wonderful. Um, but now, not so much. <laughs> I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you. Thanks, Yvonne. Yeah. Thank you. 28.6. At this level, some people reach a crossroad that feels like a choice that will move their lives in, a, in such a different direction that it is both exciting and at times excruciatingly difficult. Others reach a plateau of sorts and just keep following the opportunities that are presented along one path. They may have chosen one career, for instance, and made choices within that career path, but never really considered a different career path. Many simply reach a state of reasonable comfort and will make no choices that will affect that comfort level. I pass. Miguel? Can I uh, say something with regard to what was just read? No, we'll just allow the person that read it, and then when we get through, we'll open it up for full discussion. Okay, Ida? That's the new. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All okay. right. Thank uh, you. Yeah, 28.7, all of these stages may be associated or accompanied by religious or spiritual experience that seem to help guide the choices. But the choices remain the same, externally directed choices. Deborah? I was reading. <laughs> Got to un unhook myself. Okay. Now something new awaits you. It is a choice so different and a means so revolutionary that it will take some getting used to. This change is predicated on all the changes that have come before it, including the most per and most particularly on that which was most recently spoken of that of apprehending the new reality of wholeness. It is not wholesome that is new, but the reality of wholeness that is new, the reality of being able to experience the variability of separation from within the state of wholeness is what is new. Wow. The reality of being able to experience the variability of separation from within the state of wholeness is what is new. I think I'm experiencing some of that. Um, where it's it sort of, I was in an unwholeness the other day, and then, um, depend, according to or by virtue of what was what I was speaking, it had other things. The rest sort of blocked out. The whole of it blocked out. And it wasn't until I left the situation that the other started moving in. And I went, oh, wait, that's really cool. There's all that 
that I'm not even paying attention to when it was happening in the moment, but I had a full idea of of what was different and what was real at the time of what, what I was speaking about. And um, I was able to really meld the two together but there was I could see the clear separation what was going on within me and then that clear wholeness of of owning of owning what I was experiencing even at the time that I was blocking out when I was speaking of this unwholeness that I didn't appreciate uh, I think I've got I think I've got that clear here, but it really feels like that. That that whole it was a, it was a delightful experience of just really fully experienced that oh, I was blocking that out, but I really know I remember that that was all good, but this other bad seemed to be clouding it out initially. Or what I de- what I determined as bad, what this other that wasn't working for me whatsoever that I I wanted to have completely cleared up. So I pass on the rest. Thank you. Thank you, Deborah. Judy, do you want to read? You hadn't said if you want to read or listen. Judy? I was on mute. (laughs) Um, It doesn't matter. I can read or listen. It's totally up to you. All right. No, we need readers. Yes, definitely. Okay, I'll read. You're going to read 9, 10... 11, 12, yeah, 9, 10, 11, and 12, and read 13. That'll kind of oh, wind it okay. up. Okay. I shall do that. This must be kept foremost in your mind. The reversal spoken of recently, the reversal from believing in a giver and a receiver to knowing that giver and receiver are one, is also of paramount importance. You and your life are one. Your life is not the giver and you the receiver. You and God are one. God is not the giver and you the receiver. This is wholeness. Depending on the circumstances of your life, one of these two attitudes will have a reverse side that will have a greater hold on you. Your life may have shown you that you are not in control in many ways and at many times. Therefore, you think that you must take what life has to give This is most likely the attitude of those whose major life dilemmas have been of a monetary or career nature, where success or failure, quote-unquote, in life, is seen as the most crucial element of a happy life. I'll pass. Reverend Bill, you want to start? Start on the top of the list again. Unless there's somebody else who has joined us. Wait, Reverend Bill, hold on, let me just check. Is there anyone who has joined us at this point who would like to be put on the reading list or let us know they're there listening? Okay. Reverend Bill, you want to go? 14. All right, 14. If the attitude you will have greater need of reversing is that of God determining the circumstances of your life, you have probably been more affected by the relationships of life, by loss or death of loved ones, by accidents or illness or natural disasters. 
by the unexplainable forces that have affected you with sadness more so than with ideas of success or failure. Therefore, you think that you must take what God has to give. Pass. Gloria? Yeah, 15. Most people feel at least some combination of these two attitudes, but we'll find that one is prevalent. You must now get past all such notions or attitudes. Pass. Lee? Sorry, I was on mute. Uh, acceptance has been a main theme of this dialogue and was revisited and defined as acceptance of internal rather than external conditions. It makes no sense, however, to accept what is not the truth. Most of what is not the truth has been identified as old thought patterns. This is all that the notion of a giver and a receiver is. An old thought pattern. I'll pass. 28.17 Thought patterns exist within thought systems that have been externalized. Um, No, excuse me. Externalized and are part of the world on level ground. These external systems are based, as we all, as as are all that we uh, that you have made on the externalization of what is within. At at the same time, however, what is within has been based upon what was previously externalized. This is what now must change. And as can be seen, this change is essential to the changing of, to the changing, to changing the world. Pass. This change, this transformation, can only take place within time because only within time is the experience of separation possible. And experience is where the power of transformation lies. This transformation will, however, take you beyond time because once experience is moved out of the realm of separation and into the realm of union or wholeness, new conditions will apply. This is why it has been said that the changes that are to come are not about time-bound evolution. Only this first change, the first transformation, must take place in time. Wow. Must say I like it. (laughs) I'm complete. 28.19. This is the change, the transformation, we have been working on by changing your experience of time to one of experiencing two levels of time, 
our time on the mountain would be more rightly described as time outside of time. I'm complete. Time outside of time by itself will not cause a shift that needs to occur, however. What will create the shift is the ability to experience time outside of time and time simultaneously. Thus is the wholeness of, of time or eternity experienced and made real. Eternity might thus be seen as the unchanging constant that has not been affected by the, vari- by the variable of time. Said in another way, eternity and time are part of the same continuum as are properties such as hot and cold. They are part of the same whole that is the constant of all that is whole, all that is one. That's it. Deborah, would you read 21, 22, and 23? Okay. 21. So too are giving and receiving and giver and receiver. To move to internally directed experience is to make the whole into wholeness that will cause the shift of the ages in parentheses. No, sorry, in quotes. The experience of variability within wholeness. The key to this movement is the simple realization that it is possible. This is what our time on the mountain has provided you with the experience required in order to realize a new possibility. Pass. Judy, would you read 24 and 25? No, there's Judy, Reverend Bill. Judy. Okay. Yes? Got it. Did you want... (laughs) Okay. Are we we back to uh, Abbott and Costello, or uh, do you want me to read 24-4? 24 and 25. Okay, dear, thanks. As you move toward wholeness, all the pieces of all that we have talked about will begin to fit together. A whole will form within your mind, much as if you have been following a thread and now can see the tapestry. This tapestry will bear the mark of your experiences and will be like no other. The thread represents your own journey to truth, your own journey to wholeness. Separation is desired no longer, but experience is. Your will and God's are one, and thus it is being made so. Pass. And I'll conclude the reading for the night. Presently, it is as if you follow two threads, the thread that has led you to the mountain and the thread of the life from which you have, n- have not removed yourself. Now you must begin to weave these two threads together into the tapestry of your new life. This weaving will take place as you continue to intertwine the two experiences that you are simultaneously holding within your Christ, within your conscious awareness. This is what we will continue to speak of as we conclude this dialogue. Well, we read quite a bit, 
And if anybody's been holding themselves back, something they want to share at this point, the floor is open. You can reference any paragraph you like or just to share an experience of what this reading spoke to you about. The floor is open. Ida, are you still there? I guess not. Um, this is Amy. Um, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I hear you fine, Amy. Oh, good, thanks. Um, I feel that reading all of this together is interesting, very, and I understand why, you know, the reasoning. But it's sort of so many ideas that I've lost track of all of it. You know, I'm, um, does that make any sense? I, I don't feel connected to anything. It's just, it's like a, a blur a little bit. And so I was just wondering, uh, Paula, is it possible maybe to consider, you know, a, sort of a compromise in the sense of reading just the way you said, like, three or four paragraphs and then so it's in our heads what we just read and then um, then comment on that and, and then do another three but I have no memory of anything that was read now you know, and can I can go back does that make any sense I hope I'm not saying anything wrong no, here, I, hear, I hear what you're saying Amy and you know we've tried it both ways and I found that by reading just three or four the flow Sometimes isn't there. Last week it oh, seemed to work very well. That you know, and this yeah. way I really believe that you know. Sometimes, like now, we have eight or nine readers, and if we break yeah. it up into paragraphs, some people don't even get a chance to read. And I'm really appreciative that people come on and want to read. So yeah. this yeah. is an alternative. But I understand what you're saying, Amy. And, you know, sometimes the, the days are like five or six paragraphs. This seemed to be, you know, quite a bit. I mean, even though it said 17, there were ones and twos and threes. So, you know, I, I don't know the happy, you know, you know, I will hear voices from others. If, if it's to go back to the old way, then we'll go back. I just, this was no, my thought yeah. to get the flow no, I, of the full meaning. Amy, let me finish. Yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, because we notice, and we all notice, that we can read two or three paragraphs, and we're all sharing on it, and then the next paragraph, the flow continues. And if we had read that, we would have known. So I don't know if there's any simpler way. Yeah. You know, there's good and bad in both. I don't want to call it good and bad, or there's differences in both ways. I know it's a lot to absorb, but yes. Yeah, uh, I'll offer my two cents to this. Um, here we are on page 611 and more um, of our time together in going through this material. I think what I, my sense of this is, is that this is the opportunity now for us as a group to come together and, and bring together a description that, that fits this into 
an understanding amongst all of us that in effect created a dialogue amongst us about what we've just gathered from this chapter or from this day. So I, for instance, it seems to me to, to really focus on the distinction in our lives from our externally, externally directed life experiences that, we've, that I was raised to do and begin recognizing what I've seen over these years, more recent years, about being open to the guidance that's within, that to see that transition is so much of what we can find way back at the beginning of the book as the intention here, now just being given to us in a manner that we can talk about this more I, is my two cents on it. Um, so that perhaps we can get this from one another more so than from sticking literally to the words alone, the blessed, the sacred words on the pages. Um, so I'd throw that out for consideration. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that, Reverend Bill. It's a good thought. You know, there is a flow in these days, and if you tune into it, it kind of continues, you know, and... So I agree with what you're saying. So anybody else would like to opine on how we go forward? Oh, I don't know. Well, this is Judy. And I don't know how oh. we go forward. Oh, I'm sorry. Was there somebody else that would wish to speak? I'll, I'll be quiet. No, go no, ahead, ahead Judy. Wait, Judy. Wait go ahead. I'll speak after you. Okay. Um, okay. I need to kind of rein in my train of thought here because it was going somewhere. Um yeah, actually, there were two things. Number one, Bill, I really appreciated what you just said. Uh, it makes per- that made perfect sense to me. And the other thing was what Amy had addressed uh, prior to this. And I could relate to what, she, what you were talking about, Amy. I experienced that same thing when I first started reading A Course of Love. And I was reading it with another person. And we used to read a chapter at a time, or at least a day at a time, or a chapter at a time. And I felt that going through it all at once like that, I was missing a lot. And so I, I totally get where you're coming from. I also um, have been rereading the fourth treaties, and I realized that the fourth treaties, and actually the beginning of the dialogue before we get into the days, actually explains quite a bit about how we can achieve this elevated self of form, how we learn to live in it day by day. And I'm finding it, um, like you, Amy, I'm finding it difficult to put the whole process together at the present time. And I think what Bill has suggested about how we continue to dialogue, practice the dialogue with one another in this particular space, which I personally have always found amazing. That might go a little ways towards um, helping us. As to the format, haven't got a clue. Um, Paula, I absolutely admire you for taking chances and going different ways and doing different things. Eventually, you know, something's going to work. I just absolutely want to thank you for going out on that limb and, and uh, suggesting everything to us. I think they're all good suggestions. And I'm complete now, thanks. Anybody else? That was excellent. Thanks, point? Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Really. Uh, you well, know, honestly, I don't think this... Oh, go ahead, Joe. You had your... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, well, Joe. Just coming into it now where we're reading and not dialoguing each paragraph, for me, the flow feels, 
it's a nicer flow for me for the way that my mind because it kind of brings you through through that and I think you know one of the ways for myself is when I feel like I'm not understanding things as well as to spend more time reading before we get together so that when we are reading the the way that you're guiding it right now Paula I just really enjoy that flow much better for myself but that's just me I can go either way but I like this flow thank you I'm complete that's great thanks Joe thank you well we anybody else want to weigh in Yvonne all right Paula I'll speak um I don't really know too much about the format. I didn't really want to speak to that. From my standpoint, I have read this book three or four times. Maybe I'm writing one, two, three, four, five. This is my fifth reading of this book. And from my own, my personal experience, is the transformation of my heart. I have to go, I had to go from my head to my heart. Make that jump down from the head to the heart or that little journey from the head to the heart. And that comes not from me. This is just me speaking. I could be sitting and trying to memorize till the cows come home. But until I get it in my heart and I experience it as true for me, then then I'm in. And, And I'm in here now. I'm in with when Paula was reading it, doing it in the morning. I'm in with Reverend Bill because I feel that it's, uh, there's transformation that has occurred within me. And a lot of it has been as a result of the mountaintop experience that he discussed uh, you know, uh, in, this, in this book here. Uh, but that's just me speaking. It's all internal, not external. It's all internal. And uh, even right now when we're reading uh, with Reverend Bill, we're doing the book again, it's Chapter 8, and they just talk about right there, just going into your heart. It's just we have to go into the heart, figure out. And there's not a figuring out thing. It's not something that you're going to read about. It's just a feeling. Uh, and you're, from my standpoint, I've experienced a, a, a transition. And uh, I think, uh, who, I don't know who just spoke, Joe Riley. I decided that I would write the book. I would, as we were going and reading this book, I would write the chapters because I have a problem myself. I always had all my life with reading and just having it in my head. It didn't work for me. But when I sit down and I'm reading this book and I'm writing paragraph by paragraph and underlying it and coming to grips with what he's saying, then it becomes a part of me. And then I know I know it. And uh, that's why I'm doing the course of love. Uh, that's that's I'm complete with that. Thank you. Thank you, Jessica. Wow, that Jessica makes my too. night, Yvonne. That yeah, was that, so wonderful. Yeah. Thank Did you. I say Jessica? I meant Yvonne. Yeah, thank you, Yvonne. That was okay, my, I heard awesome. you. I, heard I love that. Out. I think that's a wonderful experience. I think yeah. two, two hats off to you. That's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. You know, I, this is I Reverend like Bill. 
Bill, let me let me jump in here right now. Truthfully, yep. in our individuated state that we're in, I don't think there's a right formula. We all have our own way of doing things, how we absorb words, how we listen with our heart or our mind. I don't think anything is going to be a perfect fit, to be honest. You know, there's been study group upon study groups. Every group has their own uniqueness, you know. And what we had been doing for the last whatever, it worked for a while. And then last week when we did the flow, it was perfect. This maybe been a little too much. And maybe that's what I have to consider. Like maybe after 10 or 12 paragraphs, stop. But then, you know, because that next paragraph could have that answer in it. You know, it's the sharing of it and the feeling of it. These are not just words. These go beyond just the words. It goes on to like Yvonne was saying, hearing it through your heart, getting the message. There's a message in everything. And how he took us so gently, how we function in the external, and now we're going into the internal. How we function in the world of form and yet how you can bring them together, form, and the, and the internal. So, you know, it's like we all hear and know how we learn to ourselves. So we're going to take this as a lesson today, and we're going to go forward what we've done already, and the floor's open, and then I'll revisit how we come for, go forward next week if you, if you all choose to come back. It's a matter of choice. <laughs> I, I had no, you know. I You're a wonderful Paula. facilitator. We're really grateful, Paula. Oh, you know, Lee, there's that old saying: you could please some people some of the time, but all the people all the time. Yeah. Paula, yeah. I absolutely admire you for what you do. Honest to God, I admire you beyond words. Wow. Well, you know, and I got to say that at the very beginning. Uh, when you were reading the reading list, I could not come back on. I was muted because I was laughing so hard at what you and me were doing when I was asking about Joe. To me, it sounded like a takeoff of Abbott and Costello, who's on first. It was. It was. was Joe, jo what? <laughs> Sarah Joe. I swear to God, it really cracked me up. <laughs> So forgive yeah. me for not going on and proclaiming oh, whether I was reading or listening. Uh, I was just too, I, I couldn't <laughs> control my laughter. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Every week is a new experience, and oh, my God, I love it so much. You guys are all amazing. You know, what, what I do when I'm reading, like say as somebody was reading, I would just put a check mark next to that particular paragraph with a pencil or a sentence and say, I'm going to come back to that and allow the flow to go. I do that with quite a few things I read. So if I, you know, because now new ideas are coming in, and but when I held on to something, I said, I know I want to go back and discuss that. So that's a way to do it too. You know, to listen, call out what speaks to you at that moment put a notation in the book or something, and then continue to listen. And what I have found, and I think that's what prompted me to do this, that we found each time, like you go into the next paragraph, we would spend like 
30 minutes discussing one paragraph and then the answer was in the next paragraph. I mean, which was great dialogue, don't get me wrong. And it brought out a lot of information, but that flow just gets changed. So there's a flow, there's a, a message here. He takes a step by step by step and then he brings you down to that last sentence. And this is where you, your proficiency will change your experience and your experience will change the world. He's a master. And I didn't want to, like, get involved, you know, change his, the mastery of these paragraphs. So it was something we tried. So I'm going to leave the floor open now. Anybody wants to look back through the paragraphs, something they might have highlighted in a previous read? I have I, yellow. Can so I, I have a lot of it. Yes, Reverend. I'd like I'd like to uh, share one thing. I'd like to share one thing that recently I did. Um, I went back and read and took a group and reading through reading the foreword, the introduction, and the prelude, um, and hadn't done that for years after been being through this so many times. But after what I've been through, what I've experienced, and the shift that I've seen over these years. To go back and read that material, it literally blew me away how much and how clearly he gave us the messages at that point in time, at the start, that I could not comprehend, I could not get or understand at all. And, and one of the things that is pointed out in there is his encouragement that when reading this material, particularly for the first time, Strive to read this for your heart rather than for your mind. And, and so along those lines, what I, what I took that to mean initially and, and see it now, that, that it's, it's as if to say that first time too, read it lightly as if, and, and see, what, see what hooks you, see what, what grabs me, if you will. Um, more so than going through and, and doing the intellectual understanding that I have done so much through the rest of my life in other material. And uh, I look back at that now and I just revel and celebrate um, what this last year has been like in going through the material um, from that perspective. And, and finding myself more and more open to what's in my heart to be sharing at any point. Uh, to me, I look at all this and I say that this is a part of the process that our buddy put together when creating it as he did. Thank you. I'm complete. Wow. Thank, thank you, you Bill. Bill. Yeah, thank you very much for that. Greatly appreciated. There is there is a, a method how he put this together, as he put the miracles together. The book, Course of Miracles, he did the same thing with the Course of Love. He broke it down into three different books, and each is to be read to the heart. This is not a course for the mind, it's a course for the heart. Thank you. You know, and, and when I read the book, like I went through this book five times already, 
and each time I read it differently and saw something differently. And I've hi- I have so much highlighting that it's like, wow. But anyway. Well, we went through quite a bit where we are with this this session. So if somebody wants to add something at this point, I'm I'm wide open to listening. This takes us to, in effect, the topic that we're looking at today, from externally to internally directed life experience. Uh, And I guess I would say that (laughs) there are very few things these days that I don't just stick with the external experience that comes up on a given matter. But instead, I know that there's got to be some checking in going on, checking in with my heart, checking in with... uh, a soft and loving and peaceful means to simply extend love to whatever the situation is or whatever the situation is perceived to be. Um, so uh, I, I appreciate him having summarized this as he did, I would say, in this, this shift from our history, our lives, to an, of an externally directed life experience to where we are today when we're seeing that we're fe- being fed in a completely different direction, a completely different experience, and we're the ones who are feeding ourselves by just opening our hearts. So uh, that's kind of like a big picture, I'd say, of what I got out of what we've covered here today. Thank you. I'm complete. Yeah. Thank you, Reverend Bill. Thank you, Reverend Bill. That's good. Thanks, Thanks Reverend Bill. Bill. Thanks, all. Occasionally, occasionally, you know, when we're reading this book, um, I I marvel that there aren't um, hordes of people leading a path uh, to this course because um, everything in me just shouts that it's... um, that it's profoundly inspired, that it's um, beyond what an author sat to work up and present to us. Um, It's authenticity sometimes for me um, is so palpable because um, it expresses, there have been those occasions in my life where I've been delivered to something that accorded uh, perfectly with what the Course in Miracles had described of a holy instant or its version of what it would be to be delivered past the ego's folly into something, you know, the, the, the wholeness of our mind knows and remembers and understands about the nature of self and world and other and God. 
on those occasions, um, uh, I, I and others who have shared that same kind of experience come to something of what is always a hallmark in our lives of a, of a certainty that goes beyond uh, compiling facts and trying to arrange tidbits of wisdom to try and arrive at, you know, some understanding of life that's greater than what we had the day before. It's a it's an order of experience that everything else is measured against when you go to read spiritual material. And what I'm trying to say is this book sometimes just on a stellar level speaks to me precisely about an experience that I would be the rest of my life having tried to tried to describe. And that in my experience, the Course in Miracles and A Course of Love stand out as the, the most exceptional descriptions of that experience um, in my past. And this is one of those chapters that does so. And it starts with, um, with what I've highlighted uh, just from chapter um, from paragraph 8, where he says, the reality of being able to experience the variability of separation from within the state of wholeness is what is new. That's because, he explains, this variability that only is available to me because of our individuation yours and mine. It offers a variability that the ego takes to mean separation and alienation. And this wholeheartedness directs my perception to relate to um, individuation as no longer evidence of separation, but a capacity for relationship and a capacity for the sweetness of being able to experience unity in a very particular way, unique to me. And it's not hard to imagine that's God's intention in having made my experience of unity and holy relationship different, but the same as yours different in the sense that yours is a signature version of unity and wholeness, as is mine. And what a profound way for God to extend himself across creation to allow this variability of what we can call separation, but in the kindest term as individuation, allowing that variability of separation not to break wholeness or unity, but to express it in all these marvelously unique ways for every living thing that ever opened its eyes on this creation we share. That's what I get from this chapter and from his expression of this chapter all the way to, and I've spoken too long, so I won't feature the last paragraphs, but the last paragraphs in this chapter also just shout to me of this exceptional, exquisite design that allows each of us to um, 
to, to celebrate our holiness um, within the context of what affords us the sweetness of relationship. Union and relationship. Not union instead of relationship. That's what's so fine about this book. And it's a clarification of, of, um, of relationship within union, union, union and unity. Thanks, everyone. I'm complete. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Thank you, Lee. Lee. Thank you. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Lee. I, I like what you said. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that was so well. well thanks, Miguel. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Lee. Do not make separation. Whoever just spoke, do you mind repeating that? Which one? <laughs> I think About, that I ended was talking together. <laughs> oh, I just said differences do not make separate. Yeah, thank you. That, that's a really mm. direct way of saying that. Yeah, I thought it might be. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was getting to what you said. <laughs> <laughs> and Deborah. Um, I just thought you perfectly expressed that paragraph where all the words that you used um, with the feeling that I was feeling when I was reading the last of it. So thanks. That was wonderful, Lee. Mm, boy. Thanks, Deborah. Hi, this is Sarah. Thank you, everybody. Um, I just want to put my little spin on it um, from my experiential part of that one where it says, this weaving will take place as you continue to intertwine the two experiences that you are simultaneously holding within your conscious awareness. And I've had the experience over the last month of um, releasing anything uh, that I feel into the light for transformation if it's mistaken. And it started out with balloons going up into the light. And then the next step was the angel taking the basket, uh, like the Holy Spirit taking the basket into the light and right into the middle of that experience. One night I just got... It's not going anywhere. The light is me too. The light is my heart. The light is the part that's accepting all of the um, differently named experiences of, of the life energy that I call feelings. And it was like this huge, I just thought, I am. I am the light. I am the person expressing the light. I am the person defining the energy. And um, then the last one I got last week was the kite flying with um, love and compassion and joy and peace. And on the tail of the kite were all these little ribbons with 
every feeling you could imagine on them. And it was the most joyful freedom of just being. And uh, so I first learned to trust the light and then got I am the light and then the joy of being one with the light while still having all those experiences of of source energy that I call different. And uh, so it's been pretty exhilarating and I'm complete. Wow, terrific, Sarah Joy. Thank you, Sarah Joy. Who else haven't we heard from? Hi, it's Chris. I just came in a few minutes ago. Wanted to say hi. Hi, Chris. Hola, Chris. You just read through day 28, if you want to. Thank you. This might be a short call tonight. I don't know what to say at this point. I'd like to just comment this, um, the open question of whether um, it's not so true in, in this circle, but in circles outside of A Course of Law, um, even in a, in a lot of Course in Miracles circles, there's this enormous um, debate, you'd have to call it, about whether um, unity um, and and what is referred to as non-duality would suggest that all diversity is equal to um, um, uh, separation. And um, and I just want to say that general topic has been a matter of discussion philosophically for 2,500 years, and it has an enormous background. And um, and it's exciting to me that we have in a course of love this beautiful expression um, that reflects one whole um, sweeping um, um, resolution of that question, uh, and that um, and that expresses so beautifully what is captured in a single phrase philosophically and historically, the phrase is unity in diversity. Unity in diversity. That both are possible 
and that indeed that would be then the design imperative is that diversity expresses and extends uh, everything the creator intends and does so within always the context of a unity that either is within our experience or outside of our experience. And when it's outside my experience, when that unity is outside my experience, then the diversity seems for all the world like um, uh, chaos and unrelated, um, again, chaotic events and circumstances. The experience of unity establishes, again, there's an order and a harmony. And A Course of Love is a beautiful expression of that harmony beneath and behind all things. I'm complete. Thanks for that, Lee. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for speaking to that. Um, yeah. What, what I'm recognizing in this is uh, how sweet and how wonderfully within the course of love, he's emphasized the value, the the essence of individuation, and. It's not as if to say that uh, when we look at this topic of from externally to internally directed life experience, that everyone is going to go down the same path of having that. That each one of us in our individuated expressions of love are going to have this in a way, we're going to share it in a way that contributes to others, or maybe doesn't contribute to everybody, but but just recognize the 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 value, the the gift here of the individuation that each one of us bring to this, that smacks of what you're speaking of in terms of diversity, it is so essential and so so valuable in, in so many ways. The the diversity that enables us to bring new insights to others that would not have seen matters in another way previously. But when we get to the point where there's more willingness, there is the willingness to be open to more diversity, more diverse answers, more diverse holistic or wholesome answers to what we're striving for. Um, what we're looking for to live in. And the the message that just came up for me just now is recognizing that this this blend of the individuated self and having these internally directed experiences is bringing forward the joy that is here for all of us and the joy that we also want for everyone else to be able to explain that or demonstrate that, but just I just there's a sense of knowing of that at the highest level that that this this experiences the experiences that we may be having now and we may be celebrating is what we want for everyone, and know that they will have these in their time. The atonement is guaranteed. So um, I'll get off my uh, pulpit here. Thank you. I'm complete.
Thank you, Reverend Thank Bill. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. That was good. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. Um, this is... Uh, had a discussion the other... Had a brief discussion yeah. the other day about how our, each of our individual sharing adds to one another and contributes to a bigger picture. And this is what I sense and see is happening now. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I, I agree totally you. agree. <laughs> totally agree. Thank you. Thank you. Amy, go ahead. You wanted to speak? Oh, Please thank do. you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I like that. Uh, thank you, Lee, for suggesting this sort of individual, I can't pronounce it, uh, the, uh, the, the, what is the word individuated self is uh, uh-huh. it, the word, yeah, the diversity as opposed to duality. Uh, um, I do uh, many, many portraits and the face is, you know, obviously I've been studying that. So it's, there is a duality in the face, but one side is different from the other. It's completely different. It's like another person. So I do use the word, I have always used the word duality, but diversity is um, a wonderful way to say it too. And this, this um, one sentence in 28.8, the reality of being able to experience the variability of separation from within the state of wholeness is what is new. It's that nothing is rejected. I feel uh, we can see all the ways we are separated from the, the true source of love and acceptance, but we can see it from the state of wholeness. And that is what the new experience is to see everything all together uh, as a gestalt, I guess the word might be called. And I so appreciate this group because it sort of combines everything that is relevant to being a whole person and connected to God. Um, if, if we've all gone to a therapist, a therapist would concentrate on various dysfunctions or the past, but this group has brought everything. That's why I love this, this group so much. It has brought everything into wholeness, into unity. Even the concept of of the variability of separation. Everything is accepted as one whole with nothing rejected. And uh, I appreciate that so much in this group. And Paula, thank you for all your experiments, which are welcome, of course. Thank you, everyone. That was beautiful. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. You know... As you read through most of these paragraphs, and, you know, we read initially through our old patterns, and that's what he keeps reminding us. And, you know, even throughout this day, he throws that in from time to time. All this, you know, when he talks about something, you know, say, as an old thought pattern, pattern, he's telling us, you know, he's taking us gently with 
many words, many feelings, many emotions as we read this to the new. And there's sometimes resistance to the new, you know, because it's not falling in correctly. You don't hear it through your heart the way it's supposed to be heard or that he wants us to hear it. So that's where, like I think it's been said to Reverend Bill, to, to all of us about our individuated state, where we are at this particular time. And I'll hear what I need to hear. And Lee will hear what he needs. And we all hear what we need to hear and we take it in. And yet in our individuated state, we are still one. There's always that unity and that diversity is there no matter what. It's the tapestry of us. And yet, you know, as much as this this particular session came down to, you know, asking everyone's opinion, which was good, but that's healthy. It's not one way, my way, or anybody else's way. It's the way that works for the whole. And that's what I, I liked about these sessions. We always came together. Somebody would say something, and all of a sudden you feel that unity. Somebody will say something, and it just doesn't resonate. And that's fine. That's what makes us. In our individual state, we are still whole. So, I do appreciate you all. I do. Thank you for being here every week. Next week will be a new adventure. <laughs> keeps us on our keeps us on our toes. Doesn't get into a rut. That's for sure. Count on it, right? Take it up. Take it up a little bit. <laughs> All right, you Maybe just spoke the truth. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. We are one. We are individuated as we sit here in our own little space. We're still a part of the one. We're still part of the whole. And we express differently, but we're all the same. And we're all the same. We're all the same. Yep. All good. Thank you. It is. <laughs> I think, I think that nice. somewhere Thanks, that, that'll, that that'll be the last judgment mm-hmm. is when we all when we all say, oh, this is all good, and that'll be the last judgment, and then judgment falls away. And that's another thing I love about this group. There's no judgment. Yeah. Which is one of the prerequisites for the elevated, becoming the elevated self of form. Opening our heart and allowing that spirit, that Christ consciousness to enter our own beingness so that we become that state in form. We don't have to wait until we die or pass over or whatever. We can do it now. That's the beauty of this whole thing. It's wonderful. I don't know too many groups like this. And trust me, I've been around a while. I've been a part of many groups. This is, this is amazing. <laughs> this one is really, Thank really you. beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Judy. That was nicely support. spoken. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> and we're supposed to be joyous in our challenges and joyous and not mm-hmm. talk about suffering. And oh, my God. I, but the whole concept is incredibly gorgeous. It really is. And I'm just so happy to be a part of this. Well, I I am, and I think you're all truly amazing, each and every one of you, every single week. It's been a joy for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's lovely. Thanks, Judy. Yeah. You know, you can summarize this day 28 with what we were just saying about the wholeness. That's what he was bringing to us. That's even that one little sentence in 12. This is wholeness. Mm -hmm. This is the new. And then you read, where is that over here? I have it in 20. How did it read? So good. Time outside of time. Time outside of time by itself will not cause the shift that needs to occur. However, what what will create the shift is the ability to experience time outside of time and time simultaneously. This is the wholeness of time, of eternity, experienced and made real. Eternity must be then seen as the unchanging constant that is not affected by variability of time. It's taking us from variability into wholeness. So he calls the shifting of the ages to move to internally directed experience is to make the move into wholeness that will cause the shift of the ages, the experience of variability in wholeness. And that's the key to this hope day 28. There it is, summed up in that one paragraph. Paragraph Mm -hmm. 22. With all the mighty words. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Thanks, Paula. Mm. All right, Paula. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. You know, if you read through, he took us through our internal life, college, so you know, relationships, the crossroads we went through. These are all externally directed choices. Now he brought us into the eternal the eternal to the wholeness self. He is a master. So my friend, thank you for joining me. Oh, I was just yeah, I was just gonna say that yeah, the externally driven choices, uh, I think we've all been through those. Uh, and the internally uh, driven choices for me would be the ones mm-hmm. that I would discover in the quiet times and uh, to discover through what is revealed to me from within myself, within the embrace of, of the love of God and myself within, within. And that will be revealed as I uncover or discover uh, as I move forward. The whole thing, I think, is, is marvelous. I know I'm not there yet. I know this. I still find the idea absolutely beautiful, and I will continue to do whatever it is that I need to do for myself to continue doing it. And I love you, Ron, what you said earlier, because I find myself doing the same thing, writing down chapter by chapter different things that just really stir me so that I can really delve into them and get them, you know, just really get them at that level of, that level of within-ness. I don't know. To me, it's always been just an inside job. Mm. Everything is Well, yeah. Anyway. That was beautiful. Amen. Nice takeaway. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. <laughs> yeah. That was. So for me, yeah. sister. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you and thank Thanks, you. Thanks, everybody.
Yeah, thank you all for being here this evening. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. As always, it's my pleasure. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night, everybody. I love you guys. Love you all. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Bye, everyone.